There's the mini sermon. There's the shout outs. I had put a note on my a note on my notes about usually when we do a book of the Bible, we watch the Bible project kind of video to kind of intro the book. And I was like, man, I for, totally forgot about it. And I was like, okay, well, we can use it to hopefully recap this whole book, all that we've we've learned. So we'll end with that. So hopefully, just a few minutes on Colossians four two through six, the shout outs. We're we're gonna do a little formation, a little activity around that, and then we'll watch the video. Questions, comments, disagreements. I think I have my iPad here somewhere. Ah, there it is. Okay, uh, in the meantime, let's read this together. Let's read this closing chapter of Colossians, Colossians 4, 2 through 4, 18. And uh, it's on page 823. I'm not sure what page it's on on your phone. You'd have to tell me that. That was a little bit of a joke, but I don't know if anybody really... Just not like laugh out loud funny, right? It's just kind of like, oh, that's funny. What page is it on my phone? Well, there is no pages. If I have to explain it to you, then I've already lost it. (laughs) I'm kind of wondering if we're going to have any um, wild airplane noises during the the middle of the sermon at some point too. Some jet flying overhead or something. For those, there's a couple people that aren't in the neighborhood, but the HB Air Show is going on, and it's just, it's wild this weekend. So, uh, with the LaSalle, the F-35s, F-18s, the Thunderbirds, what else is going on back there? The C-17. FedEx jet. Not FedEx. That's not taking off here, though. Just all the military, like all the military stuff takes off here. So, like the C-17, the... C-130, yeah. So anyway, if there's some, I'm really getting distracted here this morning. Let's go to, uh, sorry, let's go to Colossians 4. I'll start us off and then, you know, like I said, we'll read it in the round, so uh, read a verse or two. Uh, 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open up a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in, uh, in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Keep going. Yeah, let's keep rolling. We'll just read that
is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Where, like, so many words. <laughs> job you received from the master. Do your very best. I'm signing off my own handwriting, Paul. Remember to pray for me in this jail. Faith be with you. If there was a gold star for pronouncing names, you guys would all have received it this morning because... <laughs> Man, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I took I took the easy I took the easy one on prayer and action and then I gave you guys all the hard all the hard name pronunciations. So Okay, so you see this passage. This is the last passage in or last chapter in Colossians. And again, it starts off two to six and, and the way that that's divided, we'll talk about this. Like I said, I want to do just a little sermon on this. We'll do a little bit of formation or, or a little activity on, on the kind of shout out section. But um, he talks about these two sections, right? There's kind of prayer and action, right? Paul talks about, you know, praying for him, uh, praying for his ministry, all those sorts of things. And then it kind of talks about like, you know, this kind of public life of ministry or, or, or the action. So let me talk again briefly about prayer. Um, prayer, if you wanted some bookends, is the bookends of this book in some senses, right? Paul, at the very beginning, one and one and two, just says, hey, my name's Paul, right? At the very end, he just says, hey, here's some shout outs. But the meat of the book kind of starts with his prayer for the Ephesians or the, uh, the church in Colossae, and then also ends by asking prayer for himself. It's this kind of, it's this kind of bookend section. And if you want to know Paul's heart, right, what is Paul asking for prayer for? Remember, he is locked up in prison, right? He's not sitting there thinking like, hey, you know, I, I, you know the, the food hasn't been that good here in prison, you know, pray for good food or hey, can I get out of here anytime soon, or those sorts of things. Paul is in prison, locked up, and he is praying that the gospel may be advanced in the world, right? That's his heart. That is Paul's heart. Um, and he, he is all singularly focused, consumed with advancing the kingdom of God in this world, right? In the prayer section, which is kind of two through four, there was, there was two words that stood out. It's actually just right there in verse two, where he says, devote yourselves to prayer. And then he says, I want you to be watchful and thankful, right? So let's spend a few minutes here on watchful and thankful. Watchful, the way that I was thinking about watchful is attentive to the prayers we pray, right? Attentive to the prayers we pray. Usually when I prepare a sermon or I get a sermon ready, Something in this sermon stands out to me, or, or, or there's almost a calling that I feel the Lord kind of speaking to me. This was the word that really was, um, the Lord was calling to me. So here, how I was convicted about this. I was 
thinking specifically about prayer, right? So we all pray and we say our prayers and we, you know. And um, I was thinking then specifically about what we did just a few minutes ago, our prayer time at the church, right? And a lot of times what happens is, is we do prayer time, a couple people pray, I come in next uh, next week in the morning, I say, oh, that's right, I got to clean the board, and I come in here with my whatever, and I just erase everything, and we move on, right? And what was convicting to me is I am not necessarily attentive to these prayers, right? I'm not really paying attention to these prayers. And I've even, like, had thoughts months before, like, Eric, you should take a photo of this. You should write these down in a journal, you should follow up on these. You should think more about these. And occasionally there's stuff that, yeah, we follow up on or we kind of check in on or, hey, how's this going? But for the most part, it's we say a couple prayers, right? Erase it. We say a couple prayers. Or If we've been doing anything that we've almost kind of been doing, at least for me too and as the pastor, like almost the opposite of being watchful, forgetful, inattentive, um, just kind of, you know, not paying attention at all. So that's what we've been doing. And again, if I had a word that the Lord was speaking to me, it was to be watchful over these prayers. I think what I, what I really want to do is, does anybody keep a prayer journal or has anybody ever done that in their life? Janet, you've done that? Anybody, you've done that? Um, that was really something that was almost impressed upon me that I'd keep a little journal here. Okay, let's, Let's, as we're praying through these things, right? Lord, how are you answering these prayers? How are we being attentive to these prayers? How are we watching these sorts of things? Are we following up? Or is it again, God help me, and then we just erase, right? So for me, that was, that was just a moment. And again, I don't know what that looks like for you in your prayer time, as you spend time before the Lord, right? How are you being watchful? How are you being attentive to the prayers you pray? Paul says, um, Devote yourselves to prayer. So there's this, this kind of constant devotion. And he says, by being, one of the things he wants you to do is be watchful. Be attentive to what you're praying. Watch what you're praying. And then he says this. He says, being thankful. And being thankful is, um, is a diagnostic tool for spiritual formation. Right? It's a diagnostic tool for spiritual formation. Uh, I'm trying to think who. I, I, Robert, I guess you would be my best example here this morning. You go in, and if somebody's AC is having a problem you have a tool that determines what the problem is, right? Thankfulness is a tool, it's a diagnostic for spiritual formation. And we live in such a time, right? Um, We live in such a time that preaches and teaches the exact opposite, dissatisfaction. You are one purchase away from being happy. You are one upgrade away from contentment. You are one this away from, from fulfillment, right? One of my favorite all-time quotes, it was a guy named Donald Miller. He said this years ago, and it's just one of those things that's stayed in my head. Um, come on in here. I'm preaching a good sermon. Trust me. Um, and he says this. He says, if we don't get cheap crap quick, we become frustrated. There's another spiritual diagnostic for you, right? If you don't get cheap crap quick, you get frustrated, right? And thankfulness, right, thankfulness is the diagnosis. Paul says, be watchful and be thankful. We're not just asking God to do stuff for us quickly. Again, and I was, we're praying for this, right? God, we're thankful. Our hearts are overflowing with thankfulness 
because of what you've done. Right? So Paul, at the beginning, he says, and again, there's more to preach on this, but he says, devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and be thankful. And then he says, pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. He doesn't say that God may open up a door so that I can get out of prison. He wants doors open so that he can proclaim the mystery of Christ, the kingdom of God. Proclaim, uh, pray that I can proclaim it clearly as I should. And then he gets to the second part here. He gets to this action part, right? And we kind of phrase this as the public life of ministry, right? Because now verse 5, be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So this is the public life of ministry. And you might think like, well, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a minister. I don't wear the collar. I don't give the sermons. I'm not like involved in church. Um, and Megan, don't worry. Luckily, we have kids running around here all the time. So I'm very well versed in and just rising above, usually it's my son over here screaming. Sometimes Max gets a little rowdy. We usually have another family here. Yeah, we're very well versed in the distractions of all children. So as long as they don't escape out and... Mark also. We are... <laughs> our, our mouse of Christmas. I think that I really feel a calling on the Lord for you to be the mouse of Christmas, Mark. Spoken to me. Janet, see if you can work him into the play. <laughs> um... You know, and again, we think about this, again, Paul, Paul is speaking this, this action, right? This public life of ministry, and we think like, ah, I'm not that, it's not me, I'm not the minister. And Peter talks about this in 1 Peter 2.9, that, that we are all, he calls it the priesthood of all believers, right? I know that we've, we've kind of talked about this, this in years past, but um, in, in Jesus' day, there would have been the temple, right? You would have had the, this elite, priestly class, this, this clan, this tribe that would have done all the ministry, they would have done the sacrifices, they would have kept, like you would have had a, a, a tribe that did all the, the quote-unquote religious activity. And then Peter comes along and says, all believers, because of what Jesus has done, all believers are now part of that priesthood. Like everyone is a minister. Everybody's in on this, right? So we get to the section and, and we, are all, we are all part of this, right? Paul is saying this to the entire church. He's speaking to everybody. He's saying that everybody here, to be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Um, Here's how I would, would phrase this, and we'll end with this. Uh, who's heard that phrase, the medium is the message? Yeah, heard that phrase? comes from a, a Canadian guy named Marshall McLuhan. Anybody? Yeah, Marshall McLuhan, the medium is the message. Uh, he, he, he's the kind of guy, he was a, yeah, he, he was kind of a, a philosopher, a thinker, a teacher, um, in Canada, and he was, he was thinking about the global village. You know, like we talk about the global village now. He's thinking about that. He was the guy that kind of came up with that. And uh, the medium is the message is, is, in essence, saying, like, there's three different mediums here, right? But the, the message gets, like, the message is portrayed probably most loudly in the gif at the bottom, 
right? Like if you were to read about a football game, eh, okay, if you see a picture of a football game, but when you actually see a football game, right? Sorry, Ronnie, I didn't, I mean, I have the Kurt Warner reference. I didn't think about the Kurt Warner reference, but then I have the, I don't even know who that number eight is. Poor, poor guy, right? So he says this, he says, he says the content or message of any particular medium, right, has about as much importance as the stenciling on the casing of an atomic bomb, right? See, there's the planes, right? So again, the, the, what's most important here necessarily isn't what's written or the picture, it's, it's the actual medium itself. Here's why I say this. Because in so many ways, right, in so many ways, the way that we, let me see if I can say this right, the way that we embody the gospel, the way that we act towards outsiders can, can often be more important than, than the gospel itself, right? I could be up here and be flawless in my doctrine, be immaculate in my articulation of a sermon, right? And my children could come out here, my wife could come out here, and I could berate them in front of, you, in front of all of you, and you'd be like, who is this guy, right? What is he doing, right? So the medium becomes a message is, is us, when Paul's saying, be wise in the way that we act towards outsiders, our embodiment of the gospel, the way that we live out the gospel, right? Sometimes that is the message, the, the medium, us. But here's where it all comes down, is that we need the gospel to challenge us, we need the gospel to change us, and that only happens through what we just talked about, which is prayer, right? Which is prayer. That we would be wise in the way that we act towards outsiders, right? That we would listen, that we would be, um, that we would make the most out of every opportunity, who we are, who we become through prayer, who we become through the gospel, how we act towards outsiders. That is the medium. That's who we are. And sometimes, you know, again, if, if we have this perfect doctrine, it's like the stenciling on the atomic bomb, right? It's, it's who we are. The medium becomes the message. So we allow prayer to change that. We allow grace to fill us, right? Always be full of grace. Um, he has this reference being seasoned by salt, right? That was one of the, the, the images that Jesus used. Um, and we, we allow ourselves to be formed and transformed by prayer. Um, so that was the, the real short version of that. What I want to do next, I think I have almost everyone's name. I want to do this next. Um, real quickly, everybody's going to need a pad of paper and a pen. So look around you. If you need pens, maybe, maybe Johnny could help hand out some pens. Johnny, could you help hand out some pens over there? Some pads down there, yeah. There's some pads down here. I think we got everybody here. I'm going to give you some instruction.
All right, let me see how I'm going to do this quickly. What I want you to do, I'm going to hand you a name on a piece of paper, okay? And I'm going to try and make it semi-personal so that you know them, although I know we have a couple fresh faces in here, but we'll do our best. Um, I'm going to hand you a name. So say, for example, this name is Brian, right? At the end of this chapter, Paul gives these greetings, these shout-outs. He starts talking about these people. I want you to write a two to three sentence shout out to that person, a greeting to that person. Maybe compliment them for something that they've done. Maybe encourage them if you know something personally about them. Um, maybe um, speak a verse or a passage or a word over them. But I want you to just write two to three sentences, right? Nothing, nothing crazy. I want you to write two to three sentences about that person and do the best that you can. Got it? All right, let me see here. Um, Man, I gotta figure out how to do this best. Okay, for sure, because you two girls, I think, are the only ones that know each other, so that makes that easy. Um, and then. I'm going to give you that one. Christy, is she? Did, did they take off for baseball? She might have taken off for baseball. Let's see. Um, I'm going to give you, don't overthink it, Eric. There's one for you. Rob, there's one for you. Um, here's one for for you, and then here's one for you, and then let's see here. Rob, do you have one? You do that one? How about you do that one? That's a good one for you. And then, I don't think so. What's that? Because did she take off? Just in case. Um, I'm going to. You want to do that one? And do you want to do that one? And who who doesn't have one yet? Can I Jan? Take this one back? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have one. That's a good one for you. And I got four. Okay, Janet, you don't have one. And then, Robert, ah, oh, this would be a good one. Okay, let's do this. That's a good one for you. Um, that's Molly. <laughs> Noah, did you get one? What? Did you get one? No. You're going to write one? Sure. Okay, this is a good one for you, too. You guys got the 
Okay, everybody got one? Two to three sentences? And be prepared to share it too, so we're not just kind of like, because it'll be a little bit of an encouragement to, to us. As, again, this letter would have been read in public. It would have been an encouragement to the public church. And again, two to three sentences to encourage, speak. So 